Hello, you're listening to Roll Plus Heart. My name's Jen Blundell and with me as always are... Bex Watson playing Fairly Weaver. Sarah Keep playing Grace Tamblin. And Helen Gaffney playing Anita Thigston. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck are you? <laughs> who are you? Who are, Not even who are, are you I? at this point? <laughs> who, who is this? Oh, it has been two months. Um, it has, you can tell by our general mm-hmm. inability. I thought you were just say you can tell by our gen. You can tell by our it's gen. It's been useless two right months. now, you know. By so. our gen. Look at this gen. The useless gen. Look at this rubbish gen. You can tell by the way that I don't know what to say today. No time Something to talk. Else. Actually, it is time to yeah. talk. I fucking hope it's time to talk. Jesus. Today we will be playing the second part of our game of Brindlewood Third. Bay. A game of... Hmm? Third, third part. Yeah, it's our third part, isn't it? <laughs> Today we will be playing the second... <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. No. It's you okay. Can do you can it. do it. Yeah, I can. The number that comes after two is three. <laughs> is yeah. it? Oh, I've heard. Okay. <laughs> Rumours say... If I hold um, up three fingers, will that help? Definitely. No, if you hold up three fingers, though, Helen, then it's six. <laughs> She'll think it's a six part. <laughs> no, it's nine. Oh. What if we all hold one up? Oh, that one. I, oh, there we go. <laughs> there we go. There it is. There's the money shot. <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. Now I know which number it is. <laughs> Today we are playing the third part of our game of Brindlewood Bay, a game of old women, murders, and the dark void. In our last session, the murder mavens Anita, Furley and Grace investigated the murder of Melinda Hill, renowned local artist and star of the Hill Gallery in Boverall Bay, who was killed at the opening gala for her new exhibition. After our mavens revealed the killer dramatically before a crowd of guests, they returned home and slept soundly in the knowledge that they'd solved another murder, all except for Furley Weaver, perhaps, who was given a dark warning by a hooded figure. Today, though... It is a perfect summer's day in Boverall-upon-Sea. We see the bay, the water still and glittering, stretching out to the horizon. The air is warm but not muggy, and the sky is a perfect blue against fluffy white clouds. The smell of barbecuing meats fills the air as the great British public sees the opportunity to eat outside. The most delicious smells of all, however, are coming from the grounds of Boverall Castle. The camera pans down to the castle entrance, past the English Heritage Price Board, Treat your family to the gift of history with an annual pass and focuses in for a moment on a banner that has been strung up above the gate. Shakespeare in the castle, it proclaims. The Boverall players present a midsummer night's dream. The camera passes under the gate into the wide grassy courtyard of the castle. Grey stone walls, semi-crumbled, surround the courtyard, but on the far side, two corner towers stand strong, flanking a long low building, which a small neatly printed wooden sign indicates to be the medieval great hall. Today though, the courtyard buzzes with activity. Several people are setting out foldaway chairs and curved rows, facing inwards towards the center of the courtyard, where a series of chalky stones have been laid out in a wide circle. Inside the stones, several figures are moving about, gesturing dramatically and occasionally glancing down, shiftily at the sheaths of paper that they clutch in their hands. A woman wearing a white maxi dress, her hair piled atop her head in a messy bun, stands on the sidelines and pinches her nose with a sigh. A lanky teen dressed all in black wrestles with a standing speaker as he attempts to get it into position. 
and around the edges of the courtyard, people bustle beneath white gazebos and bunting. The camera glides over to one particular gazebo, a gazebo that, if we could see aromas, would outshine the entire town. Anita, what are you cooking for the audience of Shakespeare in the Castle? And how much <laughs> are you going to be fleecing them for it? <laughs> oh, crumbs. Um... Well, I think Anita obviously is always going to have a side of Scouse because that's a that's just a cl- classic Anita business. You know, th- there's always going to be that there. Mm-hmm. But I think her special for the day. Yeah, no, I know she's making like uh, she's making mini pies. Mini pies. Oh, I approve. To be taken in hand. Mm-hmm. Classic, classic Shakespeare bullshit right there. You know, yeah. The the oiks on the ground <laughs> with their little pies. Yeah. And and um, how much is one pie? Oh, one pie is about five quid. <laughs> oh, it's not too bad. Okay. Yeah, it seems really reasonable. But That's actually quite reasonable. Well, in these days, in London. yeah. <laughs> well, you like know, a five? seaside town, five quid's quite expensive. That's true. That's, That's like true. shocking. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're, you know, a variety of flavours. They've got, she's got ham and leek and she's got uh, steak. And she's also got one for the vegetarians, <gasps> cheese and onion. Wow. So there you go. No vegan ones, though. No, not, no, that, no. not that woke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um what kind of cook is anita in terms of how does she keep her kitchen i want to know is she an organized chef or a messy chef no No. not at all she's not messy though it's very clean it's just that there's stuff everywhere you know when she's cooking it's like she's got a pan of this and a pan of that and there's some something in a bowl over there you know it's all all over the place but it's very clean it's just it's just hectic not tidy Mm. yeah it's hectic yeah yeah she's on top of it though i imagine it makes sense oh, to yeah. her. Yeah, everything makes sense to her. If she has any assistance, though, it, it's going to be a fucking nightmare for them. Okay. And <laughs> does she tend to listen to anything when she cooks? Uh, yes, the entire back catalogue of the Beatles. <laughs> okay, great, great. <laughs> so imagine you've brought your own um, little portable speaker. And yeah, yeah, yeah. CDs, I feel CDs are correct. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah, she's got all of them. She's currently listening to Paperback Writer. Okay, very nice. Don't know how that goes, to be honest. I was going to ask you to sing it. Paperback Writer! (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. Pretty much. That's pretty much the gist of it. (laughs) So as you're cooking, um, preparing your stuff, the crowds are going to start arriving in a little while. Your daughter, Sam, in her white maxi dress and her her messy bun, pops up behind you and gives you a quick hug. And uh, she's like... Oh, thanks for running the stall again today, Mum. You know, people will be coming for the sh- just for your cooking. You know that. Ah, that's all right, Sam, love. You know, I I, I wouldn't charge for it, love, but um, oh, I've got to cover the overheads, haven't I? Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, the other stalls are charging. If you weren't charging, you know, they'd, they'd be all like narky about it and that yeah you're right so i've got to. i mean i've got to. i've got to make a show in haven't i exactly yeah exactly um anyway i'm uh i've got to i've got to be honest mom i'm some sweating bollocks i am this is i think it's going to be okay uh but the uh little fucks don't seem to have learnt their lines yet um so uh Ah, oh, you'll be all right, love. Have you got have you got um have you got lines written on on boards or anything like that? Well, we decided to do it in the fucking round, didn't we? All oh, right, so yeah. it's really hard to. Uh, yeah, whose stupid idea was that? I wait mine because I'm directing it. Shit. Ah, oh, they'll be all right. They can make it up as they go, or you could just yell at them. Hey, it's this line. Do you think people know this play very well? And be honest with me. <laughs> What's the play? It's Midsummer Night's Dream. <laughs> Night's Dream. We can get away with it just fudging it a little bit, right? Yeah, as long as they're saying something about fairies or something, you know. 
fairies <laughs> and fucking donkeys and all that lark. It'll be fine. Cool, cool. Well, um, thanks so much again. And at that moment, someone leans over the front of your stall and uh, <laughs> you hear a voice go, Anita! Anita! Right, yeah? Anita! What? Anita, what you, you busy, love. Is this uh, mate? <laughs> you turn and you see a short, um, stocky woman, busty, in her 50s, wearing a red football jersey. You can't, don't call it a jersey in football, do you? Shirt. A red T-shirt, football shirt. Shirt? <laughs> shirt? Sport. Yeah. I know it. Oh, it's Mavis, isn't it? Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and you recognise this to be Mavis. Yes, Mavis. What do you want? <laughs> Your self-declared arch enemy. <laughs> Mavis, what you want, love? Did you see the match last night? She's not Scouse. <laughs> She's from Manchester. Manchester accent while I'm Manchester. doing a Liverpool accent. It's very She's difficult. It's going to be really difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the match last night? Let's do my voice. Yeah, of course I saw the match last night. What do you think I am? Some kind Good of air. fair weather fucking Good fan. Good eh? We fucking won. Mm-hmm. All right, Mavis, do you need anything else, love? I just wanted to talk about the match. Look... If you want to talk about the match, you want to do it while I'm not busy, like... Oh, yeah. You are busy, yeah? Yeah. Do you want a hand? Oh, God. What does one say to that? Because she doesn't want to be fully rude. (laughs) But also, she kind of does not want to be anywhere near this bitch, Mavis. Look, look, I'm all right. I know where everything is. And if I get anyone else in my space, you know, it gets a bit confusing. I don't like backseat cooks, you know what I mean? Oh, so right like then. it's just best if I'm left to me business and I'm just getting on with it like all right all right but uh you sure you don't want to talk about the football a bit more the old uh Manchester United look maybe at a point maybe sh- maybe we can talk about it like over a drink or something eh okay cool so I cool, can smash cool. the bottle over her head <laughs> You know what? This is what I love about you, Anita. We're just, we get on so well that you can tell me when you've had enough of me in this moment. We, you know, we don't need to be with each other all the time. We're such good friends. Yeah. You could say that, couldn't you, love? You could say that. And uh, You could also say other things. And uh, Sam says, uh, Mavis, I think, um, I think uh, you're needed back on the stage. Pretty certain this is your scene. Can't believe we're still running the scenes. We're literally on in like an hour. And Mavis is like... Right, oh boss. And um, she uh, heads off back towards the stage. Sam gives you another quick hug and a kiss on the cheek and says, Thanks again, Mum. I'm this is a nightmare. I'm I will hey, see Sam, you in a bit. If you can wrangle to have something fall on her during that performance, that'd be great, love. Oh, don't be daft. She uh I must say she's an excellent actor. I'll give her that. Yeah, she's two faced cow, that that <laughs> that Mavis, I tell you what, that's probably why she's such a good actor. I can't. Yes, you're so funny. You're so funny. You two. You could just tell. This is this is such such friendship banter. Um, eh, well, I, I'm gonna be off. Uh, I'll see you in a bit. And All right, Sam. Love. Enjoy it. As she walks back across the ground, we hear the crackle of speakers as they're finally connected, and a voice booming out across the courtyard. Test, test, one, two, one, two. Special thanks to the Board of Trustees of Boverell Castle, represented today by the Headmaster of St. Sebastian School, rated good by Ofsted, Mr. Kenneth Barton. Does, does that sound all right, Mr. Barton? Bit louder? Okay, can we get a little bit louder? And with that, we pull back from the castle 
and up across the town. We pan across town, across the roofs of Bovril upon sea, and down onto a familiar, bountiful garden, at the bottom of which sits a neat wooden shed. The door stands open, and we see Furley Weaver holding audience to a small crowd. One, a young woman in a polka dot hijab who's taking avid notes on a notepad. Beside her, a person wearing a Hawaiian shirt, their hair cropped into a stylish pixie sweep, who's watching Fairley's every move with an expression halfway between surprise and fascination. And at the doorway, as though frozen in the act of leaving, but unable to actually tear himself away, stands a man dressed in shorts and a red fluorescent jacket with a satchel of letters slung across his shoulder. Fairley, what does your distillery shed look like inside? And what are you making for your little audience of adoptees today? So the shed is quite tidily kept, but very full. There are little shelves covering one whole wall that hold a selection of books, glass jars and mismatched bottles with various dried herbs um, kept in them. On one wall is a herb planter hanging so that the the different colours of the herbs kind of ranging across the wall and making it look much more colourful than its plain wooden interior might mm. otherwise be. And as Fairley moves around, taking a little of this, a little of that, picking up one bottle, changing her mind, setting it back down before selecting another, she's not talking so much about the process of making gin as the process of creating as a way to connect with a space or a person mm. as she kind of opens uh i think she's making maybe something with heather for a nice kind of florally Ooh. gin and she's saying but of course it's not so much about the flavor really although you want a nice flavor something that you'll enjoy but in the end, it's about what it what it evokes, an English garden or or a wide moorland or somewhere far away and exotic. That's what good gin can be. Mm, mm, mm. And um, the woman in your group says, uh, sorry, uh, can I have a qu quick question, Miss Furley? Um, do you think it's preferable for a gin like this to use a, um, a uh, garden-grown heather or is it preferable to forage this one? Um, well, and also if we are growing it, what kind of mulch would be the ideal? And um, did you say this one, how, how, lo how long should we store it before we drink it? Um, and is it best to keep it at cool temperatures or, or... You think too much. If you have a garden full of heather, then use your heather. If you're foraging heather, then use your foraged heather. There's no rules from the heart it's not something that you can write down and have a recipe every plant is different and so every time you make it it will be different you just you learn to feel what it needs and you you work with what feels right for you oh okay so is that two or three fluid ounces of the extract two and a T bit. Two, great. Okay, good. And uh, the person in the wine shirt says, uh, can we taste one? Oh, yes, of course. I 
Uh, not this batch. Obviously, it needs a fair bit more work, but I should have some lying around somewhere from my last batch of florals. Uh, here we go. Heather, Heather and Rose. And she pulls out a bottle and a few, again, like mismatched glasses, kind of tips some like dried flowers out of one that she's been using and just kind of brushes it out before she pours mm. like a little bit, a tasting amount of gin. <laughs> <laughs> into each and hands them out, including to the postie, <laughs> who she's just kind of mentally accepted as being here. <laughs> and he, he takes it and he just stands in the doorway and says, I'm really should probably be getting on with my postal round now. Oh, Mrs. Weaver. Don't worry about that. Who's really going to complain if a bill comes an hour or two late? <laughs> That's true. Um, I mean, maybe just one quick yeah. one, I guess. It's a taste. It's not a drink. It's a very different concept. I, I'll drink to that. <laughs> You'll taste <laughs> oh, to I that. I, I, I'll, I'll taste to that. Do I, I sip it then, right? Just get it down, you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great, great, great. Fairly, are you going to the play this afternoon? Yes, I think so. You are? Okay. Yeah. Do you think you have, uh, uh, have you been given a job to do or do you actually just get to go and watch the thing? I think Fairley's probably quite a big Shakespeare fan, actually. Mm, I think no she dear. quite likes the theatre, but not anything too new or exciting. She likes the old mm -hmm. classics done in a sensible way. She doesn't want to go and see things that are like set in different times or staged weirdly. She just wants to go and see and, and kind of probably murmur along to her favourite bits. So I think she's not got a job. I think she's genuinely just excited to go and get some Shakespeare. Oh no, she's not the kind of person who would sing at an opera, is she? Oh no, no, no. She would. Okay, she would okay, never okay, be okay, so good. disrespectful. But she <laughs> would be the kind of person who'd be sitting there with her eyes closed, kind of like waiting for the moment, and then like when it happens, doing a kind of hand gesture along and being like, "Perfect." <laughs> <laughs> terrifying audience member. Yeah, <laughs> just, just terrifying. Um, okay, uh, great. Where? where where do you think you collected this current batch of uh, adoptees from, by the way? I, I think probably, um, I think they're, they're probably tourists. And <laughs> I think Fairley was probably in town whilst they were like looking for something to do or they were about to like pick up really shitty tourist gin with like, you know, mm. a label with the like the city does, skyline on it or something and she was like fairly hover around the uh yeah. <laughs> the gin aisle on the, i don't like, think she hovers i think she just sweeps through it from time to time okay <laughs> collects everybody up um and and it's just the kind of person with a sheer force of personality that means that these people find themselves at her house and are like why are we here <laughs> <laughs> so you you start to wrap up your little um your little seminar <laughs> And the postie finally gets to make it on his way and the um, person in the, the Hawaiian shirt tries to, uh, comes forward and tries to, um, pulls a £20 note out of their pocket. It's oh. like, is this, we didn't, you didn't say how much the no, session was? There's no charge. You just look like oh. you're about to buy some, some fairly bad gin and that's a mistake. I think everyone should avoid making at all costs. Okay. Can I get some, can I? Can I buy some good gin? Yes. What do you like? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, whoa. <laughs> the, the energy. Just like opens the big cupboard and it's full of like <laughs> bottles laid down with like different little labels of when they were made and what's in them. 
I guess uh how about how about this one this this uh, like could, what I have absolutely no idea how much you're going to charge me for these I'm going to be honest she picks up a <laughs> bottle she turns around looks him up and down looks at the 20 pound note in his hand and is like well you seem a decent sort of fellow let's call it a tenner wow I'll take two then is that no is that a fleeting <laughs> I think that is <laughs> I'll take the one I j- just take the 20 <laughs> she gives them two for his 20 pound note wow uh, honestly you know what i'll leave you a trip advisor review i don't know what that is but thank you <laughs> don't worry about it and they uh they start to file out of the door and you are free to head on down towards the castle we uh the camera pulls up one more time and this time we land back down onto the beach Even on a day as beautiful as this, out here at the far end of the beach, there is no one around. Here the sand gives way to heathland, the muted yellow of the beach proper melding into the browns, greens and greys of scattered scrub, heathers and mosses. A seagull perches on a rock, tearing at something fleshy clamped beneath its foot. Probably a fish. The camera moves forward and suddenly a small hut, camouflaged perfectly amongst the landscape, becomes visible. Grace! What does the inside of your hide look like? And have you seen any nice birds today? So the inside of her hide is very standard. It's wood, the wood that the hide is made of. There's no like wallpaper or anything, but the walls Mm -hmm. are covered in newspaper clippings of things from the school, from when she was teaching there, and like articles of kids that have gone on to do good in the world. So there's nothing of like her own kids there because she keeps all that in the house. But there's a lot of paraphernalia from her school teaching days lining the walls. Uh, And today she has had a very good day. She saw a black tailed godwit. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. Wow. Is that a real bird? It's a a real bird. I've known. It's a real real bird. Cool. Yes. That's rare. Could be. Could be. It's a good-looking bird. It is a bird. And ultimately, it doesn't matter just... if it's rare or not. It's how cool it looks. <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> yeah, I think right. that most bird cat uh, bird watches are they're after those rare sp- <laughs> rare spawns. Those shiny birds. <laughs> <laughs> and as you um, you sit there with your binoculars, looking out over the sands, you see a bird come out of the water paddling it's sort of short round yellow next to it is another bird that's brown holding what you think you look a little closer it looks like maybe it's got a leak under its wing <laughs> and and then there's one that's just made of like ice or something Fuck off, you know. and then another one. <laughs> yeah i feel like you gave up yeah. on the concept anyway, there i did i gave up real quickly <laughs> when i forgot what are the birds all of, there were? All of the Pokemons. Listen, I, oh, and then there's one that's just a pigeon. I'm trying not to bring. I'm trying not to bring Pokemon pigeon. into this. I googled a real bird. <laughs> there's a really, really buff pigeon. I googled real birds. Let's let's keep away. There's a there's a Piplup. A Piplup. <laughs> a Piplup. <laughs> oh yeah, it's blue. Help it's me. got two little round white nipples. It's penguin-esque. Penguin-esque. <laughs> I'm multifaceted. And then. And then there's a bigger one next to it that's got four white nipples. Is this scene going anywhere, Jen? No. (laughs) (laughs) 
This is it. This is not. Uh, your this is it. I just now at an end. That's all. We've just talked about <laughs> Pokemon it. and we're done. Against my will. <laughs> against your will. It's true. Is it ever really against your will? This time it was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be fucking cozy here and you're bringing Pokemon into it. Um, okay. Uh, Grace, then you've spent a happy morning birding. You've seen your great black <laughs> piplup or whatever you called it. <laughs> a black-tailed um, godwit. <laughs> Thank you. Black-tailed godwit. Okay, you've seen your black-tailed godwit and you start to pack up and head back out towards the town because, you know, this afternoon is the plane. You're probably going to catch it. What else? You're retired. What else are you going to do? What what sort of things do you bring with you to the hut each day? Do you have a little routine before you leave? Yeah. Um, Did you have any good snacks? <laughs> I tend not to snack. Probably a packed lunch, like a sandwich mm. and a packet of crisps. And What flavours? Uh, what flavour sandwich? What flavour crisps? So, so, crisps? I feel like this says a lot about oh no. a person. Okay, well, now I've got to pivot away from what... I was about to say, just as my sort of go-to things, and think, what would Grace have? Tuna and cucumber mm-hmm. sandwich in a in a balm cake, um, mm-hmm. cut in two, and she'll eat that Aww. period, like one half early on, then the other half later on. Um, Gosh, the restraint. Yeah. A packet of prawn cocktail crisps. Oh, champion's choice. Yum. Absolutely. And a wafer bar. You know, sort of, yeah, uh, foil wrapped. A blue uh, ribbon. Caramel wafer. Ca- tunnix caramel they, wafer. Yep, a tunnix caramel wafer. Oh, tunnix. Fuck yeah. Fuck yes. Um, so that's the, <laughs> now that's, a that's the meal that she brings down and a thermos full of tea, even in this hot weather. Of course. She's my mom, the tea. My mum never goes anywhere without tunnix. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. She's always got a tunnix in her bag. Sorry, carry on. Champion. And when she's birding, she will pull up a audiobook version of an Amanda Delacorte book uh, as read nice. by some nice. celebrity. I've in my head been thinking what celebrity do I want to try and force Jen to emulate? Um, Helen Mirren. Well, Christopher Walken. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking of other people who do audiobooks like Andy Serkis. <laughs> oh, Andy Serkis. Stephen Andy Fry. Fry. I was literally about to say Stephen Fry. Yes, but he does the turf mm-hmm. books and I want to avoid him. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's true. true. That's true. That's true. It's true. Oh, God, true all fact. I can think of Andy, he does. He plays a South African. <laughs> Don't do him doing the Black Panther character. Exactly. <laughs> Black Panther. That's it. I could do play Andor. I can do Andy Circus. <laughs> Why would he be reading doing it in prawns. a South African? <laughs> Fucking prawns. <laughs> Fucking prawns. And then the mystery. Then the body was found right, what and if, it was dead. What if the book was read no, by Richard Osman? Dead. dead. I don't know where you ended what up. You weren't the, in South Africa. What if the no. book was read by <laughs> former quiz host Richard Osman? Oh, I can't. Uh, well, he's wait. just got a he's generic, just got a voice, generic isn't he? friendly voice. He sounds tall, right? <laughs> he sounds tall. He does sound tall, to be fair to her. He do sound tall, though. He does sound tall. He sounds so tall. Uh, you know what, Jen? I'm not going to be mean. Tall. You choose what celebrity is reading this Amanda Delacour audiobook. It's rich. It's tall, tall man Richard Osman. Jen desperately listening to clips of Richard Osman right now. <laughs> Google, 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 Google. And then you end up with a... That's his voice. I've nailed it. <laughs> Amanda Delacourt was walking along the street... Looking very, very uh, independent. He's got a friendlier voice. Sound like a man who's had his lips. 
You sound like a man who's had his lips stapled together and is trying to hide it from the public. I gave you an out. <laughs> once upon a time, once upon a time, there was a murder. This is not like <laughs> Mr. Bean. <laughs> you could have chosen anyone. <laughs> All right, Rowan Atkinson. It's Beyonce. No. Beyonce. <laughs> is that what Beyonce sounds like? Well, I think Beyonce uh, oh, should be they a were one. Dead. <laughs> Uh, well, oh the, the audiobook's great, okay? The audiobook's great, and we can all imagine what that sounded like. <laughs> it's going to come back. You watch yourself. <laughs> watch yourself, counsellor. Um, so you, I don't know, Do you? I guess you don't lock your shed, do you? Do you, do you no, there's nothing. Do you lock your shed? I don't think so. I, there's a risk of maybe some teens finding it and drinking in there, but mm. all that's really there are the newspaper cuttings and two comfortable chairs. Everything else she brings with her. There's no like heater or anything. Two comfortable so chairs. It, it doesn't lock, but it's also hidden enough that I think that she feels. And also, if like bir- actual birders found it, she'd be quite happy for them to make use of it as well. Nice, mm-hmm. nice, very nice. So you don't lock up your shed. You just leave it and you set out on the long walk along the beach back towards the town. Uh, the cliffs of uh, Bovril tower above you to the left. And to your right, the sea laps gently upon the sand. The beach is wet beneath your feet, which means the tide must be on the way out. And above, the sky is clear and the seagulls whirl and caw. You look back down and you see a figure jogging towards you. The figure spots you, waves enthusiastically and sprints over. As the person approaches you, you recognise it to be Kevin. Oh, lovely Kevin. His long blonde curls are tied up today and he is topless and glistening. Um, he reaches you and then looks down at himself quickly and blushes. Um, oh. I'm a, oh sorry Mrs. Tamblin do excuse me and he like oh, you're, um, you're quite puts all right, two hands Kevin. over his nipples <laughs> um, uh, how are you doing? you okay? oh I'm wonderful um, sorry I was just out I was running how about you? you? are you, do, are you doing okay? oh yeah yeah just you know enjoying the lovely weather oh quite I would have thought it'd be too hot to do such exercise today oh I'm a little sweaty uh, sorry uh, yeah it's quite hot it's quite hot I've got sun down on, sun lotion on though, so it's okay. That's good. Got to avoid those harmful UV rays. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, you've been out, what are you out doing down this end of the beach? Just. Oh, I'm just bird watching down in the hut. Oh, lovely. Nice. You see it? See anything nice? I saw a black tailed godwit. In fact, if you keep going, you might be lucky enough to see it still. Oh, nice. <laughs> How long? Like, I didn't realise birds had tails. <coughs> She stops for a second and she thinks whether to really not worth yeah, it. dive into this and be like, yeah, no, some some of them do, love. Cool. Um, nice. Well, uh, you come down this end of the beach often. Have you? Oh, have you ever found any of them smuggling caves? Excuse me? You know the caves that they say are in the cliffs? I, c- no? I can't say I've gone looking. I've, I'm sure that that was just town legend and not real. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe I came when I first moved here, I went on the town tour and they took us down here and they said that there were smuggling caves that there's. Well, they said it was a legend, but they said there used to be they used to say there were smuggling caves in the cliffs and that in the past, like 200 years ago, they used to like put people in there and then lock doors. They had gates on them and they used to lock doors behind them and they used to let people drown there as like an offer into the sea. I mean, that's what they it's just what they said, though. I don't know if that's. It sounds pretty, quite pretty fun. Fun isn't. I mean, I love history as all. Well. Of course, who who doesn't? So, uh, 
well, I uh, I don't want to, I don't want to keep you. Oh no, it's got. It's, I'm uh, heading up to the Shakespeare in the Castle. Are you going to be attending? Yeah. Oh, you know what? Maybe, maybe we can walk. Maybe I'll walk with you. Is that okay? Absolutely. Can I come? Do you have a shirt? I I don't want you to. Do I have a? Oh, he's still standing there with his hands over his nipples, and he's just like, ah, uh, it's okay. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'll 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 walk you. You never know. It's da- it's dangerous. Da- down here on the beach. I mean, you never know. Smugglers could be about. That is sure. Smugglers could be about. All right. Well, I what would, if they locked you I in a would, cave and drowned you as an offering to the sea? I'd I'd never forgive myself. I would appreciate the company. What greatly. if that black black tailed black tailed monster came? The one you saw, the one with the big tail. What if that came? This, Got you. you. You know what? How foolish of me. There are so many dangers. And she puts her arm out to link up with Kevin's arm. He like awkwardly does it without like moving a hand off from his. He sort of leans down. He, he does this awkward motion. He's trying to keep his chest sort of half covered with his arms, but he, he lets you uh, hook onto him, onto his elbow. What an adorable um, little man. I love him so much. <laughs> Tall, adorable man. Um, <laughs> with an IQ of nine. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts to chat to you about the latest Amanda Delacourt book as you wander back towards the town and you keep walking back along the beach um, the cliffs build up as as you approach the town and suddenly Kevin stops and he's looking out towards the cliffs but not high up he's looking down at the beach below and he says I'm sorry Mrs. Mrs. Tamblin but that is a rock right I don't want to where are you looking just sorry you wait you wait here and um, he unhooks from your arm and he jogs over towards the cliffs and suddenly you notice there is something lying on the sand. Uh-oh. And he stops a couple of metres away and then he turns and looks at you and you can see his eyes are wide and he looks afraid. He's like, Miss- Mrs. Tamblin, I think we need to call the police, Mrs. Tamblin. Oh, it's happening again. <laughs> <laughs> what a reaction. <laughs> so we will cut in that moment the camera fades out and when it fades back in we are back on the beach but police have arrived they've cordoned off a wide area a couple of officers stand around the perimeter of the cordon keeping back the few nosy tourists who've wandered over from the main hub of the beach a hastily erected white tent hides the body from view grace you stand on the perimeter kevin's with you and he he's just sort of moving from foot to foot i honestly it's it's weird i I saw him in the pub just last night. Oh, love. Yeah. I don't know his name like, but we was all watching the footy and I don't know. I've never seen a dead body before, Mrs. Tamblin. I'd love to say you get used to such things, but it's upsetting every time. I don't, I don't much like it. I thought it'd be more like in the books. No, as evocative as the Amanda Delacorte books are, they can never truly do justice to the traumatizing effects of seeing such a thing how how many dead bodies have you seen oh uh, this is maybe number five six i'll have to check with anita she has better notes of how many (laughs) and that's just and that must just be the ones where you've personally seen the dead body (laughs) between the three of you (laughs) so many so many so many so many. You did a couple of cases in Oxome just to spread it out. It's not all the <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. 
a police officer, a tall, um, older man, grey hair in police officer's uniform comes over and gestures to uh, Kevin to take him aside so he can ask him a couple of questions and they, they step away. You've, uh, you've already given them your account, Grace, of, of finding the body. Um, you've dealt with the police force in Bovril several times during your many, many murder, murder cases. <laughs> and you have your own opinions regarding their efficacy. But, you know, you know, official procedures must be followed sometimes. Along the perimeter to your right, though, uh, stands a young female officer who you know as Officer Chebotari. She wears her hair in a straight black bob and you can see the remains of coal eyeliner that's been too hastily scrubbed from her eyes. Um, She's chewing at her nails, scratching off green nail polish with her teeth as she stares at the tent with a frown. And then she sort of shakes herself, breaks from her reverie and sort of looks over and notices you and she goes, A murder maven. Cool. Hello. I'm a big fan. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm sorry. I don't believe we've met before. Um, I'm Grace. I'm... Anna Chebo- Officer Chebotari. Um, we, you might not remember me. I was there. There was a case a couple of, like a year ago. I think that was the first one. Maybe I talked more to your colleague. Um, which one is it? The one who wears just brown all the time? The one who wears brown? A lot of brown? That would be fairly, yes. Ah, yes. Yes, I, um, she, you, you, it was the murder in the, the murder in the... Pantry. Pantry. The murder in the pantry? Oh. Do you remember there was a, a pantry and the man had been murdered? Mm. There was a man who was murdered and every little body part was put in a different oh, jar in the that, pantry? Yes, okay. Remember there, were two, there were two murders in pantries, but only one of them involved dismemberment. <gasps> ah, cool. Uh, yeah, so I, I, you know, I've been, I thought it was pretty cool how you all found the killer. Oh. And... It's like it's like you three can smell a dead body from a mile away. It is unfortunate, to be sure. What? Hey, we all have our calling. Got to keep busy in retirement, huh? <laughs> huh. What did you refer to <laughs> us as? Um, the the murder mavens. You know, there's a there's a blog. The I'm sorry. What? There's a blog about. A blog. It's like no, I, it's no, like no, a I'm, it's like a news. I'm you surprisingly know computer literate. I can't say the same. Oh, for okay. Sorry. I, fairly, <laughs> but I know what a blog is. But there's a blog that is about myself and Nita and Fairly and the crimes we have solved. Yes, I, it's not my blog. I just read it. I think it's pretty cool. Huh. It, uh, thank you. Do you need anything? I mean, it's, it's not. It's not my blog. I. I I was just saying thank you because you think it's pretty cool, and therefore you think we're pretty cool. But oh, okay. Do you, do you need any? Have I missed the Shakespeare? Is the Shakespeare still happening? Uh, this is oh, me. No, this is me talking the... to Jen. <laughs> it's you. You know, no, 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 no. Well, no. I guess it's it's you know it's probably it's about to start in the next you know twenty minutes mm. or so. Um, do you need anything else from me today? No, I. I mean, I just. I think. Uh, sorry, I'm. I'm kind of like. Uh, what's um, fangirling a little right um sure i don't believe uh, what we do can i is warrants that but can i sorry in, indulge me can i can i ask your opinion about this one they're saying he fell from the cliff forensics have already said that he's not more than one hour dead and his nails were teared which suggests he was fighting back and they uh i mean they don't want the tourists to panic but so don't shout it out loud, but I'm, I think this was not an accident. I don't believe so either. He was too far away from the cliff 
to have fallen and the damage to the skull is not consistent with fall damage. It looks like it was done with a blunt instrument. Oh, okay. Cool. Wow. This is cool. Can I can I tell you it's I had to uh it was kind of it's I, it was my job to call around and see who saw him in the last 24 hours. So I might maybe I have already spoken to the murderer. You know, I just to see who see who he'd seen, so who had the beef with him. And uh, do you, can I can I tell you something interesting? I think this will make you want to do the, do an investigation on this one. Go on. Interestingly enough, most of the people that this man, Mister Barton, he saw in the last twenty four hours, most of them are up at the castle right this very moment. I'm sorry. This was Ken Barton. Kenneth. His yes. face is so smushed that I couldn't make him out. This mm. was Kenneth Barton. The headmaster. Yeah. My former boss. Oh, sorry. Uh, yes. Well, you know, most people I talked to about him didn't seem too... Well, they seemed kind of like sad, but not like sad, sad. I don't know. Everyone seems to be a little bit... He was an aggravating man at times, and most times would be more accurate. I'm just saying, I think it's, it's pretty interesting that they're... All right there in the castle on the cliff above us right now, where Mr. Barton himself was supposed to be the guest of honor. So, well, it sounds like a murder mavens thing for me is what I'm all I'm saying is it sounds like maybe you should get the gang together. Well, I was going to. I don't love I don't know if I love or hate being called a murder maven. I'm going to have to stew on it. I'll get the girl. I don't know. I look, if I had a cool name like that, I think it would be pretty cool. And uh, in that moment, um, the older officer who was talking to uh, Kevin comes back over and he says, uh, Officer Chevatari, I think you have a job to be doing. Those tourists seem to be getting a little bit too close to my cordon for my liking. And um, straighten your tie. And he turns to you and you have dealt with this, this man before. You know him as Inspector Haig. And he says, and as for you, madam, may I politely suggest that you and your two mates keep your nose out of our police business this time round? Oh, Haig, you know, why don't you stick to doing what you do best, which is contaminating crime scenes? Well, why don't you stick to doing what you do best, which is, I don't know, old lady stuff, somewhat just... Solving, doing your job for you? (laughs) I, I've, the last, I honestly, I'm starting to, I've got a case file on you. Oh, I'm sure it's thick as hell. It is, it is actually very thick. And long. Mr. Haig, that's inappropriate. Good day. I was... (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) And as you go to leave, um, Officer Chabotari quickly just slips by you and slips a piece of paper into your hand. And when you have a look at it, you realise it's a flyer for the, the play Shakespeare in the Castle. And a bunch of the names on the front have been circled. And on the back, you've got notes that she has jotted down very quickly. Aww. With a little little heading und- underneath the heading that just says suspects. And then a small heart. <laughs> She's drawn. <laughs> Bless. She's me. <laughs> You're just going to leave it that? You're just going to go back home? Or? No, I'm going straight to the castle, Jennifer. You're gonna go to going to the castle. I'm going straight yeah, to the yeah, castle yeah. with my little cheated things to gather like, the yeah, murder ravens. I think I'll go and have a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'll just uh, go and look at some more birds. That's enough actually. excitement for today. I'll, I'll just call that done. <laughs> so you head on up to the castle. You've got strong legs, Grace. So you power up the hill um, to the top of the castle with ease. 
and the police have already the police have beaten you to it because you know officer chapatari she did do her job she did pass the names along to her superiors too they're there a cordon's already been set up there's a family on the other side who clearly arrived a little early in time for the show who now seem to be berating the officer at the at the front as they try to leave but you with your ability to walk through anywhere without being noticed well, slip on by with these it is daytime yeah, you slide on in and no one even notices. Officers are inside already and you see the, the joyous atmosphere of this sunny afternoon seems to have faded somewhat as several people are being interviewed and the police seem to be trying to carry bits of tape and cones around the place. You hear a voice ring out though going, absolutely not. We have a play to put on, which we have worked very hard on. So unless you have actual grounds to cordon off this entire building, I suggest you stop interfering in our civil rights to, sh- to Shakespeare and just go around the back. Because the cliff, there's no door through the castle to the cliff. Just go, just go around anyway, because my performance, my performers need their director. So excuse me, can you just take it, take it around the back? We've got a play. Guys, we've got a play. And you can see that, that's, that Sam in the middle seems incredibly... <laughs> annoyed that her performance Stressed. has been disrupted but for now it seems that everything is is on hold but you know you know we're fairly uh we're fairly in anita must be because you yeah, can I'm you can powering. smell those good pies <laughs> i power right over to anita's booth put a five pound note down and grab a pie and go <laughs> loves i have had quite the morning Oh, I love what's wrong. Well, first of all, I did see a black-tailed godwit. <laughs> so that was pretty... Oh, you've been looking out for that right? one, haven't you? It, that, that set the day off quite well. I think you deserve a bit of extra pie for that, love. Mm. Yeah, here's one on the house. I won't say no. But then on the other hand, I, ha- I me and Kevin did find the body of Kenneth Barton on the beach. Bloody hell. And that, I suppose... Is why we have some extra guests for Shakespeare. Have you ever heard of us being referred to as the Murder Mavens? Have we? <laughs> is what, anyone aware that, of um, this? Uh... I think I am. <laughs> do you mean that blog, like? <laughs> oh, you knew about the blog. Well, I just What's the blog. Like, I read the blog, like, but I didn't want to like bother you guys with it. Who, who do you think made this blog? A blog is like a a diary that you put online, I guess. But it's not really a diary because it's not about them. It's about us. It's like someone's writing articles about us and posting it on the internet. Oh, you're saying that we seem to have a mystery Watson. Yeah, sounds like it. They're quite good at writing as well, actually. It's quite gripping sometimes, even though I know the end. Like, Fairly looks very unhappy at this news. <laughs> what? What's wrong, Fairly? I... I just, um, <clears throat> I don't think it's appropriate that someone should be writing about us without our permission. Can I, can I ask Bex, is fairly upset, mm-hmm. is fairly upset because someone's stealing her, her life stories yes, that she was getting. Yes, she's writing a book. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, because that's your secret, isn't it? Yeah, she's writing yeah. a book. Wow. And she's annoyed. She she was obviously drawing on a lot of the real life things that they'd done, and the idea that someone has already been publishing it somewhere. She's been scooped. <laughs> wow, I didn't consider that. Damn. Oh, love. They're not. They're not. 
using like very very specific details about our lives it's just the stuff that we solve isn't it like i guess a lot of it is public knowledge as well once we find the killer and the killer is announced but yeah we're always in the newspaper you know like the um the bovril star but that feels (laughs) it feels that just feels like news that just feels like the world's going on to have someone that's a fan of us feels different Hmm. it is mildly creepy yeah well if there's one thing we're good at it's solving mysteries but i'm afraid i think that one may have to wait tell me mr barton did he happen to just slip off the cliff i don't even think he fell off the cliff well um here we are now in the real fun of this game solving a murder Um, so this murder has a challenge rating of five which means that once you have collected five clues you will no longer have a penalty when you come to roll theorize mr barton um was a prominent figure around bovril bay headmaster of saint sebastian headmaster of saint sebastian's school bovril he was known for being firm self-assured and no, it would be it would be ill to speak wrong of the dead. It would be wrong to speak ill of the dead. That's the that's the phrase, Something right? Like Something that. like that. Would be ill to speak wrong of the dead. It would be wrong Girl to of speak the dead. ill it'd of the be, dead. It'd be poor form to call him a dickhead. <laughs> dickhead, righteous ass, something along those lines. Mm, righteous ass. Uh, what I'd like to know is how did you all know the victim, and have you had any run-ins? Uh, Grace, well, I mean, I think Grace should go first. As I've previously established, uh, myself and Peggy both worked at St. Sebastian and didn't find his particular style of head teaching to be professional, uh, good. I mean, Ofsted rated good. to the school. But... uh... Passable. He's but clearly coasting they, on the abilities of his teachers. <laughs> yeah, they had to find ways around him most of mm. the time to try and get better results out of or better resources for the school. Uh, he was a real hindrance and they were not fans of him. Anita knew him from the uh, little, quaint little pub down Sexy mm-hmm. Alley. Uh huh. What's the pub's name? Yeah, yeah. I, knew, I see. I was waiting for you uh-huh. to say that. Um, I was wondering if you were just going to offer that information, but... Uh, the Cormorant's Head. The Cormorant's Head. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That is still attached to its body, is that what it, it's the yeah. name of the book? <laughs> the Cormorant's Head that is fine and still attached to its body. The Cormorant is fine, guys, yeah. don't worry. <laughs> but we just That's call it the Cormorant Head for short, you know? Yeah, just be easy. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the, the sign, it's just like... Yeah. <laughs> just a bunch of dangling lines. bits of wood coming off the bottom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So you yes, you've definitely seen him at the pub before. He goes down there to um to watch the football. So you mm-hmm. you've seen him there. Fairly. Uh can I just clarify what sort of age was Mr. Barton? Uh I imagine he's probably in his fifties. That always I feel like all head okay. teachers are in their fifties. Just constantly, constantly permanently forever. in their fifties, yeah. Late forties at best. Um, like actually, he could be he, early 50s, late 40s, something along those lines. Struggling to think of a way in which Fairley might have crossed paths with him. Maybe he goes to the same textile place to get his elbow patches. <laughs> <laughs> 
that was so specific, <laughs> Helen. Did you just have that in the chamber? So deeply fucking specific. No, because I realized I listened back to the to the session zero, so I've got all of the little places I in my see. head. I see, I see. Um, um, and I remember was, there was a textile thing. Was he married? No, you know that he's. You know that his. Uh, he wasn't married, but he was. He used to be in a long term relationship uh, with our very own Mavis, actually. <gasps> Mm-hmm. Um, is he is he a United supporter as well? <laughs> uh, no, that's probably what ended them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Chelsea yeah. fan. Um, I think then maybe Fairley knows him the least out of the three of them, and it's possibly just from kind of the crossing paths with him, socialising with Mavis in a kind of general way, and sometimes he was there also. Um, so I think of the three of them maybe fairly is the most just considers him just an acquaintance some guy that she would recognize by sight and probably say good morning to you but doesn't have any real deep uh connection with him mm-hmm. okay uh well then before we start on the actual investigating i'll remind you of just a quick recap of the rules to perform an investigation you can interview suspects and you can just generally snoop around places in order to gather clues if you do something dangerous or challenging, I'll ask you to roll the day or night move with the appropriate statistic. So uh, vitality, composure, reason, presence or sensitivity. And we'll see if you succeed. If you are attempting to poke your nose into other people's business in order to get a clue, I'll ask you to roll the meddling move to see if you get some useful information. And you can come up with the theory of who done it as soon as you have half the number of clues as in the challenge rating. So in this case, three, as your challenge rating is five. And you'll roll the theorized move to see if you're correct. If you have as many clues as the challenge rating for the mystery at that point, you won't roll with any penalties for theorize. And so that, in short, is how we do it. So, Grace, you pull out the the flyer that was handed to you by Officer Chevatari, and you see on it a hastily jotted down list of suspects, which I shall now send to you. Oh, okay, cool. Ooh, it's in, going in the general chat. Are you not also going to say it out loud for, <laughs> yeah, okay. you know, the podcast sure. listeners? <laughs> um, do you want to read them. along? Or? They've not earned it. <laughs> this is just so us. In... Um, in Officer Chabotari's cursive handwriting, um, you see a list of six names. The first is Mavis Jones. You see jotted down Mavis Jones dash victims X. Breakup was not so friendly. She is in the play. Next line: Ephemeral Jones dash victims daughter. They are not. The name has to go in somewhere. Sarah, victims daughter. <laughs> she is not so friendly with her dad. She also has something to do with the play. Third one, Colin Bournes, dash, was fired by the victim from job at school, also in the play. Fourth, Phil Palmer, dash, teaches geography at the school. Everyone says he's an asshole. He is in the play too. I am not making this up. Number five, Kelly Hallam, dash, victim expelled her daughter from the school, works at the castle. At least that makes a change from being in the play. Six. Rowena Jacobi, dash, some type of beef with victims at the allotments. Oh, look, she is also in the play. <laughs> so Helen and I both have a chance to implicate people we despise. <laughs> oh, who's going to get in there? Who's going to get their fucker in? 
Yeah. So oh, in our exciting. in our session zero, we did draw up some um, some enmities, and Helen does have beef with uh, Mavis, and um, as a geography teacher, is not <laughs> not in uh, Grace's good books. Okay. I think I hate Mavis more than you hate um, what is it? <laughs> I mean, a football yeah. rivalry. Fair, you, kind of, you feel like the kind of person who just carries more hate in your body than, uh, oh, that's probably than Grace. True. Well, I mean, let's talk about uh, Anita now. Anita mm. and Helen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Which one, was just I talking hatred? about? No comment. <laughs> one thing's for certain, it could never have been an ephemeral Jones. <laughs> no, absolutely not. We all How agreed. dare you uh, suggest uh, such a thing? I'll remind you that I there is no set there's no set answer to this and you will be able to implicate whoever you want and if the dice say you are well, correct, it won't be ephemeral Jones. then it is correct. So it doesn't have to be ephemeral Jones. I might talk doesn't to her though to this be. time. You might talk to her. Okay. Might talk to her. The little chat. Um, So you you look around, you look around the space, you recognize Mavis Jones, obviously, who is sitting at the far, um, sitting on a, um, one of the chairs and sort of like um, holding a a tissue to her, her face as she looks a little bit in shock. Two-faced fucking bitch. You, I don't know, maybe some of you, you probably recognize her daughter, Ephemeral Jones, who is sitting with her and patting her shoulder. Bex or Furley, you recognise Colin Bournes because you actually used to work with him at your former job in n- oh. not Bletchley before Fletchley. Fletchley. Um, <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> whatever it was, it was secret. Um, before he uh, left to um, work as a teacher for a while, of course, you recognise Mr. Palmer, the geography teacher. You fairly you also know Rowena Jacobi from the allotments. She's she's sort of milling around on the stage, kicking rocks around, and as uh, she's dressed like all in leaves and uh, twigs and like <laughs> a, a pair of dungarees. And uh, you also recognise there's also a guy standing at the back of the stage who's just sort of trying to quietly tune up a guitar next to a small amp, and he's wearing a trilby, and he sort of looks up and smiles at you, and you you see it is Bon John Jovi again. Just <gasps> You know, he's gone. Oh, I'm glad he's here. <laughs> he, he's doing the music. John, John, John. <laughs> John, John. I have no memory of this. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said the name Bon John Jovi or John John Bovi or Bon John Bon Jovi <laughs> during the last session. I it's some it's some combination of those sounds. Something mm-hmm. happened. <laughs> yeah. So now I leave it to you. To whom do you wish to talk? Well, obviously I'm uh, Anita's gonna gonna go over to mavis and fake a fake a sad face Not to get information i am um, i'm as seeing anita like anita's eyes just swivel directly to mavis mm-hmm. um i think fairly does just give her arm a squeeze and be like be nice oh, i'm always nice love you know that Mm-hmm. I'm a bundle of sunshine. Oh, on with Just you. Ask, ask everyone around here. I'm a absolute bundle of flowers or something. Or something. On you go. <laughs> she uh she pats fairly on the bottom and leaves. <laughs> and they are such good friends. Look at them. Shocking. <laughs> um, Just chums being chums. Just chums being chums. Crushed gals being pals. Just ladies being sexual. <laughs> <laughs> Just ladies fucking. Ladies being labias or something. I don't know. I, there was nothing to rhyme with ladies. I did it and I, I'm not sorry. 
Uh, um so you're going to just you're going to go talk to yeah i uh i sort of quietly sidle up to mavis and ephemeral and i just sort of start rubbing you know in a circle on um mavis's back and i go oh you're right love i know that's a shock that isn't it love that's a shock and then i i take my hand away for a bit wipe it on my side and then carry on rubbing her back for a bit again you're right, love. Yeah, I'm a. It's just a shock, you know. I mean, we weren't together anymore, but wow, I can't believe he's. Can't believe he's gone. It does. Uh, does make things a little less complicated, though, eh? Well, I don't know. I haven't. I haven't even thought about that. We still. It was what we. I mean, and uh, at that moment, um, ephemeral interrupts and she says, "What." My mum is trying to say is that my dad never really, um, he screwed her over. So I think things were already pretty complicated. At this moment, she seems angry. You can't tell if this is the kind of anger that she's latched onto an emotion Mm -hmm. in the face of shocking news. But um, Mavis pats ephemeral on the knee and she's like, no, love, don't. I mean, sure, we we never were married and... it made that made it tricky when when he he left but uh we were going through the I, to, I was take the legal proceedings were taken you know their time just because he we weren't ever official married like but um he was going to I was going to get my fair share and and ephemeral says you gave up so much for that man mom sorry i'm um i'm just going to go i'm going to go do a lap and uh she walks off um yeah but it does it does make it simpler in the sense that at least just you know i'm assuming ephemeral gets his whatever he's got left now well uh yeah i, I hope so he was he was i think he was squirreling, squirreling it all away for his retirement well that's not gonna happen now is it <laughs> no i guess not he did he did uh he did make it difficult but you know I'm fine. We were uh, we were sorting things out amicably. Aye, amicably. Like, I get it. See, you have to be amicable when there's a kid involved, don't you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I wouldn't. I'd never want to put ephemeral between the two of us. Yeah. Um, oh, thank you so much for coming over, though. And I, I knew you'd be here for me. That's all right, love. You know, from one football fan to another, you've gotta, you've gotta just keep it's the football you've gotta, brings you, us ne- together. You know what? You know what? You'll never walk alone. That's what I'd say about it. She spits in your face. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? Yeah, you just see the blood absolutely drop from her face. She goes, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that, actually. (laughs) He's like, no, this this, you've crossed the line. Um, Can you roll me a a meddling move, please? Sure. Uh, I've forgotten how to do that. Uh, Roll 2d6. I certainly can. 2d6. D6. 2d6. I did get out 4d6, so I clearly had it in my brain that I was meant to be using d6, but I just, I wasn't 100% on that. Okay, I've rolled a 11. Oh, heck yeah. That's a big boy. Straight off the bat. Okay. You shall get our first clue. Mm. Oh, okay, yeah. Let's just go, let's go with this. Um, oh. Oh. Mm, oh. Mm-mm. <laughs> Oh, mm, mm. I'm looking at a list of clues. Oh, a clue. A clue? A clue, you say? I refuse to join in with this. Bex. 
Find a clue with us. Come on. Get no. into the muddy waters hey. of weirdness <laughs> with us. Make a noise. Oh, make a noise and say clue. New. Close. Oh, you'd so, say no, would you, in a weird voice? It was. It rhymed. Trying to edit it so it sounds like they said clue. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a clue. Yes. K- clue. You. That's because there's an eh at the end of clue. 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 Um, okay, your first clue. Mm-hmm. Mavis looks and she, she says, look, I know you're, we're good friends, right? So I can tell you things in, in confidence. But mm-hmm. last time I saw him, we were trying to sort out this, you know, the separation stuff and he's been making it difficult. But, you know, that's just how he, he, he was. He got a little difficult towards the end. Uh, but last time I was his, I, we had a Last time we spoke, I just, fa- we fought, we fought because I was round. I went round to try and sign, get him to sign some papers and that. And and then he was, he went out the room and I was, I was, I've got to be honest, I was poking around the place because I was, I wanted to see if he was up to anything or I found, I found a photo in his coat pocket, is in a coat pocket in a, in his, inside his wallet of, I couldn't see her face. She looked, she looked young. She had blonde hair and. And it weren't right, you know. I could see her hand. She had a wedding ring on. So, uh, so that was the reason I, I shouted at him. Like, I really, I, I, led, I gave him, I, I shouted at him a bit. But it was because he shouldn't be messing around with someone who's married. That's what I, f- I figured, you know. Yeah, that makes sense, love. That was, fair. that was, that was my objection to it. But now I know, now I think that the last time we spoke, I shouted at him. All because he was just fucking some trollop. Yeah, but to be fair, he probably deserved a good shouting at, didn't he? I'm not saying he deserved to die, I'm just saying he deserved a, a shouting at. Oh, I would so never say he deserved to die. Was... I agree with you. Um, well, I must get back to grieving, if you don't mind. <laughs> All right, well, pop over and get yourself a pie on the house, love. I will, I will. I always find a pie, and you know, there's a cup of, cu- couple of cups of tea over there as well, if you want one. Pie and a cup of tea, I set you right. Oh, thanks. And you said that's on the house. Yeah, yeah. All right. And she'll go, she's going to go get one straight away. <laughs> Free food. One in the, hand, one in the pocket yeah. for later. Yeah, she when, def- when, when, she de- when she's further enough away, she goes, bloody scrounging bitch. <laughs> yeah, she definitely pockets more than, she takes more than one pie. Well, whatever. <laughs> you hear her just saying, Anita said I could have them because I've sustained a loss. <laughs> Okay. Oh, God. Fabulous. That is your first clue. Nice. Nice, 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 nice. So, were, were you uh, fairly, Grace, where are you about to, which directions are you going to head? I think I would think about going to Phil and then the thought would fill me with such despise that I'd head for Colin instead. Okay, great. <laughs> it would fill you with such despise. <laughs> let's quit um and i think um fairly look at the uh this list of suspects for a little while nod to herself fold it up and head towards rowena great so you two um start walking across the courtyard as you're walking Grace, you pass a police officer who is on the phone and he hangs up and he says, um, that's it, gents. 
we can, uh, sorry, and officers. That's it, officers. We can pack up here. They've got a suspect. They've got, we've made an arrest. Um, did I, sorry, sorry, just sorry to interrupt, um, officer. Could, who, who has been arrested? Oh, it's some, uh, they've arrested some guy. He was, turns out the victim was brawling with some yob from out of town and he was down on the beach or this crazy nutcase was there, all topless and stuff. Anyway, they've got him down at the station now. Don't worry about it. We, we can all, we can all agree they've definitely got this wrong. A hundred percent without a doubt. Yeah, they've not, not a chance. Not a chance in, in hell they've got this right. Then the investigation is far from over. How dare they? Frankly, how dare they? How dare they? I'm, I'm no longer just coming for uh, the satisfaction of doing their jobs for them. I'm getting them fired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, bringing we... legal proceedings against them. <laughs> You've been listening to Roll Plus Heart. Today's episode was the third part of our game of Brindlewood Gay. Brindlewood Gay? Yeah. Freudian slip. <laughs> Today was the third part of our game of Brindlewood Bay, a game by Jason Cordova. Your GM was me, Jen Blundell, and your players were Bex Watson as Fairly Weaver, Helen Gaffney as Anita Theakston, and Sarah Keep as Grace Tamblin. Our theme music was composed by David Shaw, and it was mixed and mastered by Mark Anderson. Podcast editing was by me, Jen Blundell, and by Helen Gaffney, who is an absolute trooper for getting through a four-hour recording in like a two-week slot. Helen, I love you. We are such a team. If you're enjoying this show and you would like to support us, there are a bunch of different things you can do. You can leave us a star rating or a written review on the podcatcher of your choice, or you can go to our store at uh, www. Why did I say that like some kind of boomer? At www.rollplusheart.com dot co dot uk forward slash store <laughs> so if you go to rollplusheart.co.uk forward slash store you can find prints sticker sets and even lovely wooden pin badges um they're all beautiful i have a pin badge of my own it is gorgeous i have some of the stickers too they are fabulous bex has done an amazing job setting up a store for us so go on there and buy your lovely merch if you'd like to support us on an ongoing basis we have a patreon From £1 a month, you get access to a load of bonus audio content, including the Session Zero for our Brindlewood Bay, where you get to hear more about the town and the players' characters. And you get a little... We do a lot of world building, and there are even some character secrets. You can also hear interviews, such as the interview with Kurt Reffling about the game Here We Used to Fly that we played previously on the show. And you get some um, one-shots and actually short-running campaigns that are only running on our Patreon, such as our new campaign, which I think has already started or is just about to come out. (laughs) We're playing a game that um, me, Sarah and Helen started playing one month, (laughs) a couple of several months ago, one day several months ago when Bex wasn't feeling too great last minute. And so we played a game of, I'm sorry, did you say Street Magic? Which is a wonderful world, uh, wonderful urban world building game. So the first two parts of that will be coming up on our Patreon. And we'll be playing more of that when we next get the opportunity. And there are a bunch of other fun, cool one-shots, including one-shots with Paul Goodman and Nell Heald of Quest Fantastic, which is a wonderful podcast that me and Sarah also play on. And one-shots between the bunch of us. Sarah and Bex played a wonderful one-shot of threads about memory and loss. 
Uh, me and Sarah have just played one. I'm not sure when it's going to come out, but me and Sarah have just played the first two parts of a very fun one-shot. Well, which also think will be turning into an exclusive Patreon-only campaign of a time loop game called Thursday. And there's just loads of fun things going on on our Patreon. So you can get access to all of that from £1 a month. If you donate at the higher tiers, then you also get some merch thrown in there, which we fulfil every three months because we love you very much. And because we have a bunch of wonderful artists on the show who keep creating cool things to give to you. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can uh, tweet at us at RollPlusHeart on Twitter. You can also email us at rollplusheart at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If you email, Helen will reply. That's a guarantee because, you know, Helen's great. If you want more from us, then, as I mentioned, me and Sarah are on the actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Well, it's currently Dungeons & Dragons, but we are approaching approximately, we're towards the end game of our current Dungeons & Dragons campaign. It's a wonderful story. It's been running for about as long as Roll Plus Heart has been running, but it's one continuous story about a bunch of heroes and adventurers who are retired and then have to come out of retirement to rescue an old friend. And they go on cool adventure journeys through caves and fighting all sorts of bad guys, but also emotional journeys about friendship and what it means to be a good mum. We love the show very much and it means a lot to me and go listen to it if you enjoy this show because it's similar vibes very silly very fun so sarah is running the game on that and she is doing a fantastic job if you'd like to hear more from me i also do a film podcast called jen and the film critic where my good friend paul salt reviews all the latest cinema releases of that month and we talk about them and yeah it's a cool time i learn about what was actually on at the cinema and paul gets to review them to me someone who will willingly listen and if you want more from bex then they have a ko-fi so that's ko-fi.com forward wait 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 wait, i did that wrong www wait 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 i did that wrong H-T-T-P-S, I'm joking, at ko-fi.com forward slash starling dust. And you can buy a bunch of beautiful um, prints and even colouring in pages of um, various, Bex's various OCs, but also characters from Critical Role and also beautiful pieces of art. And it's wonderful and I love them. I have several myself. They are gorgeous. They are glossy. I have them on my wall. And if you want to hear more from Helen, then I'm afraid she's incredibly busy this month because she's going to every single Pride celebration uh, the world around. Um, she's spreading the bisexual agenda. It's, you know, look, we all draw, we draw a lottery at the start of the year. One of us has to do it each year. Um, it's fallen to Helen. She's a trooper. She's going to do it. By the end of the month, everyone's going to be bi, I think. I think that's it. I haven't, I haven't read all my documentation from the uh, Alphabet Mafia yet, but um, they do have a very nice welcome package. So I recommend signing up and uh, happy Pride, everybody. If you want to hear more from us, you can tweet at Bex at Starling underscore Dust. You can tweet at Sarah at Penguin Panic and you can tweet at me at Jen Blundell. The next part of Brindlewood Bay will be out on Wednesday, the 21st of June. That will be part four of this campaign. Until then, remember to wear sunscreen. Don't want your nips burning. Bye.
Yeah, so I'm going to go over to um, to Rowena, who's going to look me in the eyes and I'll say... Be, I'll be Rowena. Oh, hello. Okay, great. <laughs> have we met? Yes, we have. We've met on the allotment. I uh, know you did it. Do you? I know you no, murdered I did. him. I did do it. I hit him with a shovel and then I dragged him down to the I'm beach. Gonna, I'm going to play <laughs> Rowena's, Rowena's Murder uh, extra, solved. extra neckhead. <laughs> oh yeah, the extra head she's got growing up seven day. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm Why Florina. did you do it? Why? Because I was controlling the body at that time. <gasps> oh, it's, this is some eldritch shit, I guess. How do we send? <laughs> how do we send your neck head to jail, but not your main head? You, you have can cut to me off. Take my shovel. I've been wanting it. Then you'll have no blood supply, and I think probably you'll die. Good. Look, a man in a a stone mask. (laughs) What's he got to say? She is coming. Oi, oi. 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 We finished the game. We found out who yeah, the murderer is. So. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was Rowena and the extra head that was growing from her neck. And then a cool oh, person okay. was there just for flavour. Yeah, we've done it. Well, well all right. We don't fucking use okay, mate. 